You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN, News Talk of North Alabama. Listen, Phil Williams here hosting Right Side Radio, where we are, like the man said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. It is an honor to have this platform and be with you. I cannot believe that we are uh, uh, one hour down into the second week already. Copper, uh, you're running the board today. Uh, what do you think? We went through a whole week and an hour. <laughs> yep, it's still going well. Well, it's 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 going, but uh, but yeah, it's it's just amazing to me that we're, we're that I'm here doing this. But uh, hey, hey, listen, Copper, let me ask you something. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. Okay. So. Um, you and I are of two different generations. Do you have a um, like a personal context for like the Cold War era and things like North and and South Korea? Well, of course that's still current. But what about East and West uh, Germany? Hmm, not really. Mostly just stories my parents told me growing up, yeah. and their and, and lingering taste for post-apocalyptic stories that they made me watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know what was interesting though was. Post-apocalyptic stories could be found in real life in some of the uh, the, the Eastern Bloc countries. Um, I've seen some of them, and I've seen I've seen some of the remnants of them, and um, and it, it's amazing. Um, but there's so Copper, you, you're you're pretty well read. I mean, I, I can gain by your vocabulary that you are indeed someone who has uh, chosen to turn the page once in a while. I um, you ever read a book called How to Kill Eleven Million People? <laughs> no, but I've heard of it. Sounds Have depressing. you heard of it? Yes. It, it, it's actually not depressing. It's an, it's an incredible book. Oh, okay. And it's written by a guy from Alabama. Yeah, Andy Andrews. So, so folks out there listening, I'm, 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 I'm talking to my friend Copper, but I'm telling all of y'all. Here's another book. Earlier, I, I recommended a book to you, and I might go back to that in a minute, but I recommended this book called um, Escape from Camp 14. Okay, next hour, here I am recommending another book. Y- you need to read How to Kill 11 Million People. It is not a book about how you kill 11 million people. It's a book about how that's ever allowed to happen. It's a, it's a book by Andy Andrews, who is from Alabama. He's probably one of the best authors. He's, he's, I want to say he's a Pulitzer Prize winner, but he's also one of the best public speakers I have ever heard. Hilarious. I mean, funny, engaging. I mean, I'd, I'd love hearing. I mean, I could hear him speak every day of the week and be good with it. But he wrote this book, and the whole premise of the book is how in the world did the Nazis get to the point that they could exterminate 11 million people and it just be allowed to happen? The premise of it is because no one dared to hold them account or ask them hard questions. That's why. Mm-hmm. That's how a society can get to the point that it can kill 11 million people with much of the population turning a blind eye, remaining indifferent, or just not even knowing or caring to know. If you don't ever ask the questions, if you don't ever hold people accountable, then guess what? You can become the society that can kill 11 million people. Now, I'm not saying we're there yet. What I am saying, though, is these totalitarian regimes that are espoused as being wonderful by people like AOC and Bernie Sanders, and even for that matter, the Biden administration, they're looking at socialism as being a good thing. It ain't. Socialism has never, ever worked. And, and, and stories like How to Kill 11 Million People or books, How to Kill 11 Million People by Andy Andrews, is so worth your time. It's not even a big book. I hope you're writing this down, Copper, because this is a good one. Um, but, but the reality is educate ourselves to what's happened in other places 
and you're less likely to find yourself prone to having it happen to you. If you're, it's, it's the old story about if you, if you forget your history, you're doomed to repeat it. Well, if you forget the world's history, you're doomed to become a part of what the world's already failed at once before. And the United States cannot go down that road. Y'all, we can't. We just can't. Hey, I'm going to open up the phone lines for a few minutes. we got another guest calling in at the bottom of the hour. But until then, the phone number here is 866-494-9866, 866-494-9866 on Right Side Radio. If you've got a thought about education in Alabama or about socialism in general, maybe even a personal experience or places you've been, love to hear from you. So we're going to open the phone lines up for a few minutes. And I'm just going to keep telling you, folks, this is, this is serious. And we are seeing right now the instability that occurs when socialized government is allowed to run amok. Cuba is rioting even today. Article right now up on the internet, today, today, is a speculation over the internal conditions in North Korea is even more rampant than the normal. The stability of that regime is, um, is at risk. Now listen, here's what happens when a regime falls. It creates a vacuum, and the vacuum will always be filled. Always. You're going, to have, you're going to have social chaos and disorder, but a vacuum will get filled. Look at Somalia. Somalia, everybody's familiar with Black Hawk Down. And you look at it and go, oh, broken nation, torn up country. It wasn't always that way. So Somalia, Mogadishu, was at one point considered to be the, the pearl of, of, of that portion of the, of the continent. Literally, on the coast, beautiful nation, lots going for it. And then it began to fall into anarchy. And the vacuum was filled by anarchists. Afghanistan was the same way. The other, if you were here listening last week, and I hope you were, I had, the, I had this incredible opportunity to literally break news as the president spoke and said that there had been nothing accomplished over our 20 years in Afghanistan, which was a lie, because like I say, we won that war, but he chose to lose the peace. That's what happened. But as he, as he made that incredibly uh, benign statement, hurtful statement actually, uh, I came on the air minutes later and also brought on my interpreter from Afghanistan, and we talked about that country, and we talked about that war. And folks, I'm going to tell you right now, Afghanistan was not always that way. It wasn't. The Kabul, now portions of it were third world, but Kabul was a very sophisticated country by standards of the world at the time. And when the, when the Russians invaded in 1979, Kabul was a nation where you could watch TV at night at home in your air conditioning and you had running water and you had infrastructure that was available to you and you had, you know, the latest in telecommunications. And it all began to go away because in the vacuum that was created by the overthrow of the, uh, of the government, it, it, it became filled by the Taliban. So what you got to watch right now is what's happening in North Korea where socialism, communism, has been allowed to uh, stand up for so long, has been propped up by its, uh, its big brother, China. And at this point, it is say, they're, they're saying that speculation, now, that by, by the way, they call it a hermit kingdom for a reason, it is locked away behind a wall. It is very hard to see what's going on in there. Our intelligence capabilities are extremely reduced. We have very little of what they call human, which is the human intelligence of people who have boots on the ground. We, all we can do for the most part is what they call SIGINT, which is signals intelligence, which is very limited because their signal capability is very, very small in, in, in North Korea. And then we have, of course, we have uh, things like flyovers with drones and, uh, and satellites, and, and the imagery gives us what we can. But very often they launch a missile before we even realize they're going to launch a missile. All said and done, 
North Korea is something to watch. Now, you know what? We've called them into question before, and they always seem to survive. Crop shortages, skyrocketing food prices, closure of markets. But it gets dire, and at some point, it gets very tense. And then what you don't want to have happen is a North Korea that, in order to make itself survive, has to stand up and show the world why it needs uh, to be taken serious. And a regime that tries to prop itself up, even though 30% of its households are not having proper meals. Um, and that's where you have trouble. And the vacuum will get filled. And, and so as, as we watch North Korea, as we watch Cuba, as we watch Venezuela, as we watch these, these nations around the world that have embarked upon the failed opportunity to have socialism, communism in their nation, here we are back home watching Black Lives Matter and Bernie Sanders and the Biden administration and others around the nation that surround them in the same dialogues that are telling everybody that socialism can work here. Why would it work here when it hasn't worked anywhere else? And why, by the way, will we need it to work here when we've proven ourselves to be the most thriving, vibrant economy, the most, the most secure nation on the face of the earth, a place where constitutional rights are, are enforced by a rule of law. And we're going to say, hey, let's try socialism for a while. How about not? And where they keep trying to creep in, where they're working hard, and according to what I just saw a few minutes ago, literally breaking today was Dr. Ben Carson saying in an interview, that it is absolutely happening right now. And he quoted Lenin as saying, give me your children for four years and I will teach them things they can never unlearn. Folks, that's where we are. That's the fight that's before us. If you wanna see your own crop shortages, if you wanna see your own lack of energy independence, if you wanna see continued inflation, if you want to see socialized everything so the government is the one who decides whether you do or don't get something, then go down that road. But not on my watch. Not on my watch. You know what we need out there is a whole bunch of what I call right-side ruffians. People who will say, not on my watch. If they're going to call us deplorables, call us bullies, whatever else, go ahead and embrace the term. We'll be a right-side ruffian. And on right-side radio, what we're saying is, ain't going to happen, not while I'm paying attention, because I am paying attention. And I'm not only doing things like listening to Right Side Radio, I am educating myself. I am getting into the issues. I am studying history. I am teaching my kids. And I will go to that school board meeting. And I will make things happen in my community. And if necessary, I'll run for office. All right, we're going to unpack that in a few minutes. You go ahead and cue up that soft break for me, Miss Copper. We're going to come back in a minute. Truth be told, there's so much to talk about. But we've got a lot going on right now. Not the least of which is the education arena. We're, we have got to get a grip in Alabama because an educated populace is one of those keys to success. And right now we're 50th in the nation and it's a shame. It is not a money issue. Call in and tell me otherwise. I got a few minutes for our break at the bottom of the hour. 866-494-9866. This is Right Side Radio. Phil Williams, I'm your host. We are solid conservative and just plain 30. right. We'll be right back in a minute. And I'm telling you right now, there is more for us to do, but it's okay. There's more of us than there are of them. Right Side Radio, we'll be right back. News Talk 770 AM. 
770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN News Talk, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Glad to be back with you. Hard to believe we've got an hour and a half almost gone. we got another caller coming in in a few minutes uh, that I think you're going to want to hear, and that's uh, State Representative Terry Collins, who chairs the House uh, Education Committee. Uh, listen, uh, just stop and think for a minute. If you're going to get into a society and play the long game and try to weave into that society certain things that have never been there before that may be even contrary to what that society stands upon, how do you do it? Well, you start with the young. You start with the kids. You, you, you basically say, uh, yeah, we want your kids, and we're going to indoctrinate them. Now, that sounds extreme, but that's exactly what's happening. And by the way, that is what socialism advocates. I read, I read you earlier, Dr. Ben Carson, quoting from Lenin, saying, give me your children, and I will teach them in four years things they cannot unlearn. Parents, we have got to spend time getting involved in our kids' education. Got to. Now, I'm a product of public education myself, by the way. Just don't, don't, don't misunderstand me. Me personally, I grew up in public schools with the exception of spending a little bit of time in a Department of Defense school overseas. But for the most part, I graduated from Grissom High School right here in the Huntsville area. All right? Class of 83. Went on to the University of South Alabama. My only private school education comes in the form of getting my law degree from Birmingham School of Law. But all said and done, uh, I was a taxpayer-funded education kid. And it, it was because my parents had a, a little more emphasis on education than perhaps some that I overcame a few deficits. But I also had some great teachers along the way. I can remember Miss Stevens in my fourth grade. You know, it was a, it was a, a tumultuous time. And, and it was a time when uh, uh, I, I needed somebody who was going to put their thumb on me but also encourage me, and, and she did. And I can still remember Miss Stevens from fourth grade at Chaffee Elementary in Huntsville. In fact, I would love to find out if she's still out there. Miss Stevens, if you're there, thank you very much. But all said and done, folks, parents have got to take the primary responsibility of what's going on with their kids' education. Hey, Copper, we got a few minutes for the, uh, for the heartbreak, and, and – um, I'm curious. I don't even know. I'm just asking on the air here, but uh, are you a product of public education, private education? What, what's your background? I went to a private Christian school. Private, my, my kids did too. Um, my wife was a private school educator. My daughter-in-law is a public school educator. Um, there's a place for it. It, it. The main thing is education has got to be complete and well-rounded. Um, so, yeah. And, and, and Copper, I can tell that you got a good education. Um, but... Not everybody has that vantage point. Not everybody has the ability to to right. to literally, you know, uh, choose something other than what the taxpayer dollars uh, uh, allow for them. But that being said, uh, it doesn't matter if you've got the emphasis. And I want to remind you again of the story of uh, Dr. Ben Carson. What a what a great testimony! He literally said that he grew up in in a disadvantaged uh, housing project with a mother who had a single mother, if I recall right, and I hope I'm not misquoting his, his own personal testimony, but a single mother who raised him up, even though she worked two and three jobs sometimes, who insisted that he and his brother do their homework and that they spend time in their education. And look at where he is now, solid and successful, a world-renowned surgeon, and, and most recently uh, the Secretary of Housing and, and Urban Development. Th- listen, y'all, that is, that is a big, big deal. Education is so primary to who we are, but education being so primary is also where they will attempt to come into our society and change things. And I say they being liberal progressives because they believe they have to rework society in a different image. I read you some quotes earlier. If you missed them in the first hour, 
they, they are absolutely uh, on point. When you've got one of the National Education Association specialists, a guy named Paul Hobner, saying we must change their values. And when you've got the NEA having a position that states that it is there for social orientation of the individual. And when you have just this past week, the same NEA, the National Teachers Union, advocating for the implementation of, char of critical race theory in, in uh, schools across the United States and saying they will put money behind not only promoting it, but defending it. When you've also got just last week, I broke the news for you. If you haven't heard it, nobody else is much reporting it. But the ACLU, for perhaps the first time on record that we know of, the ACLU came out and attacked me personally and another organization called the Eagle Forum and the Alabama Policy Institute where I work and said, you know, the fact that we wrote a resolution, a draft resolution and sent a letter to the state school board advocating them to ban the use or implementation of critical race theory in our schools, ACLU says no. The ACLU advocates for going just the opposite direction. So now you have the National Teachers Union and the ACLU saying, in our school system here in Alabama, we want this to happen. You may have also heard last week that uh, the parents in Mountain Brook discovered that a curriculum that is in 42 schools in the Huntsville area right now was being implemented uh, to teach uh, or to train educators in the Mountain Brook school system, filled with things that, that are supportive of critical race theory. And those, those parents said no not on my watch and 300 parents showed up at a Mountain Brook school board meeting of all places school board meeting in Mountain Brook Alabama and wore those people out the superintendent did not know which way was up but they said not on my watch I uh, man I mean I don't know if they can hear the show down there but it sounds like 300 right side ruffians showed up and said this is not going to happen we are not going to let it be folks that's where we've got to be we're going to come back in a few minutes I've got a friend calling in that I think you're going to want to hear from. She represents part of this listening area, State Representative Terry Collins. It's Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, 92.5 FM, 770 AM. We are solid, conservative, just plain right, and we'll be right back. <laughs> 